0: Amen. Can we uh, give Sandra a round of applause as she comes forward?
1: I'm so excited to be a part of what God's doing. He is speaking so, so clearly. And, you know, another thing that Greg has said before, which I think ties in with this, praying that we hear hear by the Spirit, is that he encourages us to come like our life's a blank piece of paper. In other words, we lay down what we think we know. And I have been a Christian now for 30 years. um, And I have found that no matter what he reveals to me, I can never come to him in any other way than like I'm a blank piece of paper. It's like coming as a child. That's what coming as a child is. So wherever you are at, can I just encourage you? Because he is, he is calling us and his call is so, so strong. And he wants every single one of us to hear what he's saying. It might not be the words I say. It might be what the Holy Spirit says, totally aside from that. But listen to him. Come with your heart wanting to know, wanting to hear. And he will will speak to you. Because that's what he's doing. He is speaking incredibly loudly and clearly. So today, I'm going to speak on kingdom metamorphosis. Now, some of you may have heard this a couple of weeks ago in the evening service, but Greg was very keen that um, all our morning folk hear this as well. It's not quite the same. But again, if you think you've heard this before, please don't switch off because there is more. There is always more. And what's in this is just a, a... tiny, tiny, tiny part of what there is so he will show you a whole lot of stuff, I, I, there's no way I can, I can put this out into a 40 minute sermon um, so, so be listening okay? so kingdom metamorphosis, I want to look at five different questions what is it, why is it necessary what happens during it What is the result, and what is our response? So first of all, what is it? We keep on hearing about transformation all the time in this church, and it's like it can be a bit confusing. What's the transformation thing? And the amazing thing is that I'm talking about the similarities between this process that is happening in the spirit with Christ's body, and what we know as metamorphosis in nature, in the life, life cycle of a butterfly. But the actual word, metamorpho, is the word that is used in all these key scriptures about transformation. And I thought that was incredible. I never realized that until I started to look it up. And it means to transform, to literally or figuratively, to metamorphose. And it's a profound change from one form to another. Okay? It starts off something, it becomes something else. This is the word in the scriptures. Okay? This is not the word in the science. The word in science is the same. But this is the word in the, in the living word of God. Vines describes it to undergo a complete change, which under the power of God will find expression in character and conduct, the word morph lays stress on the inward change and the present continuous tense in its use indicate a process so we've got to get away from thinking that when we see Christ we're going to be like Christ and it doesn't matter what happens between now and then we have to lose that thinking he is talking about a process and that is, we have this privilege to get to know him during this process. Key scriptures that we're going to look at, that it occurs several times. Some of them I'm not going to look at today. But Romans 12, 2, we probably all know really, really well. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the, acceptable, the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And it's also in Galatians 4.19, and Paul's saying, My little children, for who I am again suffering birth pangs, until Christ is completely and permanently formed within you. Remember, this word is a process used in the present continuous tense, and it's inward, not an external thing. It will come out externally, but it has to happen on the inside. So, why is it necessary? Well, I think there's two main reasons, and I think we know, but let's look at the scriptural basis for this. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured, that's the word again, into his very own image, in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another, For this comes from the law of the spirit. So God's plan has always been that we would grow up. We would mature. This is not an option for for him. We think it's an option. Shall I grow up? It's so much fun being a kid. But actually it's not an option in God's view at all. And this process is maturity. He wants us to be transformed until we look and are the same as Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but that blows me away. That's not adding on Christianity to our life. And if it influences a bit of our attitudes, well, that's good. He's talking about one form to another. This is all or nothing, guys. I hate to say it. I have never seen a caterpillar become a caterpillar with wings. Doesn't happen that way. It's all or nothing. Galatians 4.19 in another version says, With a mind and life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall have been formed in you. So when you see us, you'll see him. Not a bit of him, but him. The, so, so that's the first thing. He wants us to be transformed, right? The second is so that we can know him. And I didn't realize this until I looked at that Romans twelve two. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the entire renewal of a mind so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So do you see one comes before the other? And what will are we talking about? Are we talking about his plans for my life? Nope. Because his will is way bigger than that. His will is to do with what his kingdom is about. His will is the the will that we've just talked about and sung about in, in that beautiful song, based on what we call the Lord's Prayer his will is everything being done for him in heaven that's what it's like isn't it everything is done for him with a heart for him in total obedience to him so this is this is the process it's a progression of understanding and becoming and being it brings us closer and closer to the way heaven operates. So intimacy and transformation are always connected. We can't be transformed and not know him. Or we can't know him and not be transformed. They actually happen together. So I now want to move on to the, the process as it's shown in nature and just have a look at this um, video. and We'll just go through some of the, the key things out of that. Thanks for that, guys.
0: open the work of a lepidopter, someone who studies butterflies, somewhere in that writing you're going to find the language of astonishment. Every one of these 20,000 species have different color patterns and every one of them has different shaped wings. The diversity is just so magnificent.
2: As you watch a butterfly, to describe what you're looking at, you can't really put it into words. That's biology, It's also magic.
0: It's impossible to look at a caterpillar turning into a butterfly and not ask how. Their metamorphosis, their life cycle, how did this happen? This astonishing, remarkable transformation.
2: In a metamorphic insect, what you've got is two body plans. You have to first form one functional body plan, and then you have to switch gears, and you have to take and form a new body plan. I am amazed by development when it goes from egg to caterpillar, because it's such an intricate process. But then you have to enter into the chrysalis stage, and you have to get it right again. So it's like the problem squared.
0: Got to get rid of or digest the caterpillar tissues. They won't work for the adult. In fact, the cells themselves disappear, but then their components are recycled and are turned into a kind of soup out of which the adult structures will be built. It's very carefully engineered. So you've got to know where you're going to end up before you start. It's like a different organism.
2: Transitions have to take place in the heart. Transitions have to take place in the antennae. Transitions have to take place in the reproductive organs. You have to recreate adult legs, adult antennae, adult eyes. You have to change the shape of the brain and the connections between the antennae and the eyes. You have to reformat the gut so that it switches from eating plant material to eating nectar you begin to see the depths of the problem so for evolution to have created this sort of pathway gradually it would take a miracle
0: when you see certain effects in nature it's your responsibility as an investigator to find the cause that will explain the effect if you saw a mechanical device of the sophistication of a butterfly, you would not for a moment hesitate to ascribe that to intelligence. Because the butterfly is so much more sophisticated, almost beyond our comprehension, than anything that we make. Planning, foresight, artistry, engineering, when you process all the evidence revealed through metamorphosis. And then you ask yourself, in your own experience, what kind of cause could bring about these results? I think the only reasonable answer is an intelligence that transcends the natural world.
1: We've now bought that DVD, and it is it's even mind, more mind-blowing. But anyway... Um the, the thing is that this <laughs> has got some really big keys in it that uh, really relate. And you will have already, I'm sure, if you've been, you got that heart to hear, you will have already been told by the Holy Spirit what's going on. Yeah? Some of these things. So we've got... Different things happening during metamorphosis. We've got the first stage, which is egg to caterpillar, which I'm not going to talk about, really except to say that that could, if you like, represent like a new birth, okay? That we, we see in John that spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, okay? So when we're born again, we're born of the spirit. So we should expect that our growth is going to happen by the spirit, not by the flesh, the next stage I do want to talk about a little bit is this molting stage. And those caterpillars, when they are born, all they want to do is eat. They are like this massive eating machine. And in the, um, in the monarch butterfly, they have five stages called instars because what happens is their outer skin is rigid to a certain extent and can't expand with them. So they have to, when they're they're too big for that skin, they have to shed it. And that comes off and they then have a period of time where they're growing into the next one. So five times a monarch does that. They're called instars. And this happens in our Christian walk. You've probably come across this yourself already. There's times when God is doing something in you that's bigger than what can be contained in your current frame of reference. Um, He is wanting us to shed things, okay? There might be things that you feel contain you, like it might be the fear of man. It might be um, the fear of going into something unknown. And God is asking us to shed it. Not to stop at that point and say, I'm not going to grow anymore, but to shed it and keep growing. Remember, growing up is not an option to God, so it should never be an option to us. And if he is showing us things and highlighting things, then now is the time for deliverance from those very things. I I had... Um, an example of the, I mean, many, many, many. But when we were first married, I said this the last, last time, that um, I used to put myself down a lot. I would be talking, and um, I would just go off at myself, like, I'm a hopeless cook. Um, I can never do this. <laughs> and poor old Chris was quite um, sort of distraught, because he'd never come across that before. And he talked to me about that and said, you really shouldn't be saying those things. But what I, I found that when I realized that, okay, is that not right? I used to actually do it because I thought if I got in, put myself down, then it would save me being hurt when someone else did it. It was really weird thinking, but that was how I did it. And, um, and the Holy Spirit really convicted me and said that when you do that, you're actually grieving my heart. It was like, oh my goodness, I didn't realise that. I did love God, I didn't want to grieve him. And he and he said, Literally when you speak out death like that, it's like you're putting a noose around your own neck. And so I realized this was a serious stuff. This was a skin I must shed. And and he showed me and empowered me at that time how was I to to undo that habitual thing. And he said, if you slip into that you, and, and you realize you say three things that I've said about you immediately until you break that habit. And so it was a, sh- a, a skin I shed. And I'm sure we could all speak of things like that that have happened where we've had release. But it's meant that we've had to move forward and leave something behind. The The really interesting thing is that they have measured the level, levels of this JH the secret J-H, which actually stands for the juvenile hormone. And the juvenile hormone is the hormone that prevents the development of adult characteristics. Okay, so it's really, really high in the first instar, this first little caterpillar that's just come out of the egg. But as it goes on and it sheds these skins... By the time it's going into a chrysalis, it's very, very little. By the time it comes out as an adult, no juvenile hormone in there at all. This is the process he's taking us on. He wants us to grow up. <laughs> yeah? Paul said in First Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. Now that I've become a man, I'm done with childish things, I've put them aside. So the key in this time, and I've got to say, this is not just in this time. Please don't take it, I'm on this part of the journey, I'm on this part of the journey through this. We're on every part of the journey all the time, it seems. But the key is hunger and obedience. So hungering after him causes that growth. And when he shows us things and when he pinpoints things, we have to obey. We have to shed the skin. We have to do whatever it is that he's telling us at the time, and that's the way that we grow. Now, there was another little part in this that you would have seen in that video, which is absolutely incredible, and this is talking about this anchor. So when it goes to become a chrysalis, it's still a caterpillar, right? So it chooses a twig, safe twig, goes underneath, and it spins this little silk pad, and it hangs on with its back legs, okay? We're still Caterpillar now, still holding on with our back legs. And what happens is the, at the, the tip of the ab- abdominal, abdominal part of the um, chrysalis, there's this thing called a cremaster, and that's a picture of it there. And you can see on the left, it's the stalky bit with all these, these sticking out bits, barbs they call them, And the the close-up is on the right. Okay, so the top is the silk pad. And the barbs, you can see how the the silk pad is getting wound round around those barbs. That doesn't just happen. And you would have seen in that video, there's this twisting and entwining that must happen. Because if the caterpillar in this, this stage, this changeover stage, doesn't anchor on really strongly, and it falls down to the ground, it is almost certainly going to die. So it is absolutely a matter of death, uh, life and death, this one. So for us, the anchoring is a matter of life and death. What we're anchored into is either going to cause us to, to cope and to have a source and a resource during times of shaking. But if we have no anchor, we are gone for. We really are gone for. I can say that with absolute clarity, because I know from my own personal experience, it is the anchoring into God himself that causes us to be strong in times of shaking. And folks, times of shaking happen all the time and it's only going to get worse it has to because God wants us strong and if we don't think there's going to be shaking we're not going to bother anchoring are we so this process is going to um, feel very uncomfortable very soon we're getting to that point And it's going to feel very disorienting. Okay, what was up is no longer up. What we thought was clear, what were our points of reference, um, are not going to be our points of reference anymore. Everything is going to be stripped away. And the anchor is the only thing that's going to keep us safe through this process. So if you're feeling disoriented, you're feeling like you don't know what's going on, you're probably absolutely in the middle of this process, yay. Yeah? But can I say hold on to him? And the the process of that is found in Isaiah 40, 31. You know, it says those that wait upon the Lord shall find their strength renewed. And that word wait actually means in the Hebrew to twist and to bind. So you've got that picture happening in our spirits. We don't wait passively. We twist and entwine ourselves with him. You can be sure that he is wanting to twist and entwine himself with you. In that video, you saw this this caterpillar hanging there in this J-shape. And you saw, did you see that last skin start to split at the head? Okay, and then the skin is kind of coming up and you see the chrysalis is coming out of this last thing and he's holding on and anchoring. So there's two processes that are happening at the same time. This anchor is anchoring into the t- onto the tree, but did you see that really violent twisting that was happening? That was not only to anchor... That was to get rid of this last skin. And they've said that if the caterpillar doesn't quite get it off, it, it sort of shrivels up, looks a bit like a dead fly, and it sits right on the top, if it can't flick that thing off, this, that old skin sticks to the chrysalis and deforms it. This is repentance. Repentance. This is the power that he has given us, this gift of repentance. But sometimes it's a real struggle. And I remember for me there, there was a particular time that this happened in quite a major way. And um, it, was, it was here, it was back in April of 2010 and I'll just I'll just read my journal entry because it's kind of easier that way. This is exactly what I wrote that night. Johnny spoke about blind Bartimaeus screaming out to Jesus from the side of the filthy road. The cloak he talked about, how Bartimaeus threw off his cloak and he said, what was the cloak about? And he came to the conclusion that the cloak was the only comfort in a place that was never intended to be comfortable. And he threw it off to go to Jesus and follow him. And I asked myself, what do I have to throw off? And this is what it was. All fears, doubts, frustrations at not being productive, all excuses, all past things that rise up in my mind when I need to do something new. So I did this, and as I did it, I threw these things off. I named them, and I I came to Jesus, and Jesus took hold of me at that point, and he looked me straight in the eyes, and if you've had an encounter where you actually see Jesus staring you in the eyes, I tell you what, it changes your life, and he said to me these words. He said, behold, you are a new creation all the old things have passed away and everything is made new. And I came away feeling, I'd been a Christian a long time already, but I came away overwhelmed. Here I was in my early 40s and God was giving me a new chance. I thought I had been put on the shelf by him. I thought that I had disappointed him so much because I'd disappointed me so much. I thought that he had moved on to younger people. But he hasn't moved on from any one of us. And he so, so wants us to walk with him. And he wants to set us free. And you know, when that skin got shed, I can say without a moment's hesitation that the work inside has meant that I do not fear. This is what he talks about in 1 John 4. When his his love is made perfect in us, it literally drives out fear. And I was run by fear. My life was run by fear. And he was able to get rid of that. I am so thankful. So thankful. I have never, ever wanted to put that skin on again because I've tasted freedom. And there is always more, always more. That's part of my anchor now. Now, here's the tough bit. <laughs> Dissolving. Hmm. <sighs> Inside the chrysalis, you saw it on that video, There are two kinds of cells in this caterpillar that it's carried with it. It has larval cells, which are to do with the caterpillar, the form of the caterpillar, and there are what is called imaginal cells. Now, the imaginal cells aren't used for anything as a caterpillar, but they are what's there as a deposit of what is to come. When it becomes a chrysalis... Most of the larval cells actually dissolve. Now, if that isn't dying to self, I don't know what is. It's cell death, it's programmed cell death. In Matthew. it says whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it you see God had this in mind right from the beginning there's been no other plan he actually knows that he made us to go through this transformation process it's to go from glory to glory the process of transformation means death to our ways so his life can be resurrected in us and he does it by his power his spirit teaching us and empowering us daily and i tell you what you can't go away from this and go right i'm going to transform now you can't honestly you can't. i i've had experiences over the last few weeks just to prove to you that this is not something that you just do here. I'll go to bed, having maybe read a scripture or something, and through the night, he's waking me up, and I cannot explain it except there's this call, this call, this call, and my spirit just goes, and it adjusts to the call. And then it'll happen again. There's call and draw. My spirit goes, and it adjusts. I don't know, Not I have no idea what he's doing on the inside. But he brings me into understanding as I walk with him. And in, in the word, he will show me things that totally change the way I thought. I thought black was black and white was white and it no longer is. Because of this thing he's doing in the spirit. And I cannot explain it. I cannot tell you that this is what it is. So go do it, A, B, and C. It is a work of the Spirit. He is our teacher. When I had that that thing in 2010, I was blown away by that, right? The next week, I remember just worshipping him and thinking, God, this is amazing. You've done this incredible thing. I've been set free from this old fear and everything, and and you've said it's a new start. What now, God? And I was waiting. What I was waiting for was a commission. Because surely he had something for me to do now. You know what he, he did? And this is what he's doing for us. This is his call. This is his commission. He came to me, and as I was standing there worshiping him, he came inside me, and it was like his toes went into my toes, and his fingers went into the tips of my fingers until he was completely inside me. And I'd felt him many, many times in many ways. I'd never had that, and I didn't want to move. But he said these words. He said, where, you will go where I go, and what I see, you will see. That's a whole lot different than, Sandra, now I want you to go and do this to this group of people or anything like that. Because it turns my head around. Instead of asking him to come with me where I go, I'm now asking, where are you going that I may go with you? Instead of saying, I think this would be a good idea, don't you, God, can you hop on my van wagon? I'm saying, God, give me sight to see as you see. And it changes everything. So, what is the result? Now, this is really exciting. Because, as you can see, and as I said before, this is everything changes. It's not a bit. It's not an add-on. It's not partial. I cannot bear to think of a caterpillar going to a a a, 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 um, butterfly and not completing the process. I I can't conceive of that. And yet, as as children of God, sometimes we think that, that that's an option. Where did we get that thinking? That's not His thinking. He wants us to be changed and transformed into the image of Christ, does he not? So where did the thinking come that I can do a bit? That is worldly thinking. It doesn't belong to the kingdom of heaven. We've got a juvenile going to an adult in the caterpillar. We've got the transformation of the church into his pure, prepared bride. We've got sight changing. The caterpillar can only see light and dark. The butterfly can see the full colour spectrum better than we can. It can see ultraviolet and infrared as well. And over 180 degree. The purpose changes from eating to reproducing. We change from being all about me to all about him. That's not a thing in our head, it's a thing in our heart. It affects our head. We, we go from containment to mobility. His live, uh, love drives out all fear. They're solar-powered. <laughs> and we are sun-powered. They go from being an object of interest to a reflector of intense beauty. And this is what I want to just end with. If we just have a look at that very quick clip of the blue morph to finish with, I want you to have a look at this this butterfly. It's a specific iridescent butterfly. When I saw this, I was so excited because, you know, that blue morph butterfly is probably the most beautiful in the world, and yet it has no pigment of its own. Its membrane is colorless, translucent material, and it has been built, I won't go into the details now, but it has been built at the st- finest, finest level in straight lines, exactly half the length of the, the blue wavelength. So all the waves that come out of the multi-length <laughs> waves that come out of sunlight, right? It will take just the blue. Not only will it reflect it, but it will intensify it because of this thing called slit interference. Now, to me, that is a picture of us being, having been transformed. So it's not our glory. It's his glory. And it has to be built by him, his way. It's aligned. Why do you think he says line upon line, precept upon precept? But it's by the spirit, this work. He has to do this building on the inside so that we truly reflect who he is. So what is our response? We've talked about hunger. We've talked about coming as little children with a blank piece of paper. We must always keep our eyes on him. We need to surrender to the process. We need to persevere and don't abort. I feel that so strongly as I've been praying. Please, please don't abort the process. Don't stop. If it's hard, yes, it's hard, but there will be the empowerment at this point that you're facing. Your breakthrough is right there. We need to listen and obey and we need to walk together and we need to believe what he's saying because it will spur us on. It needs to be completed by him. And I just want to end now. This is my prayer as I penned it as God opened this out to me. And I just want to pray and then I want to just spend a bit of time where we can surrender at whatever stage, whatever it is that God has done that on you, you will have felt his spirit speaking because he loves us all and he's calling us all. You never designed us to stay crawling around all our days, blindly feeling our way. Your intent is so very clear. In your heart, it is held dear. We were always meant to fly, but it means we have to die. Lose grip on what we know. Surrender to the process now. You dissolve us with your love. As you take all that I was. Shape and mold me as you will. For my part, I hold still. As you work on me inside, your glory, Lord, I cannot hide. I begin to see like new because now it's only about you. I'm my king, my lord, my light. Why would I withhold my life? And when you ask me to die, it's only so that I can fly. I surrender all to you. There is no more that I would do. Come, Lord, take all that I am. Dissolve me now. It is your plan. No more to crawl, confined, or bound. To me, be made new is what I've found. At last I have the eyes to see. To fly was always your plan for me. So maybe if we can have the musicians up and, and let's just take a bit of time just to talk and to whatever it is that you need to do. You, you might need to shed a skin. You might need to, to repent of stopping the process of aborting it. You, you might want to just come to him and say, God, I see that you have so much more now. You might need to just say, God, I, I don't understand this, but I hear your cry calling me, and I want to come. I just simply want to come as a child and open up my heart, open up my, my spirit so that I can walk in obedience. And I know you'll bring understanding. At least a stain, shall we?